This episode of Recording Studio Rockstars is brought to you by OWC, Whisper Room, Eventide Audio, Spectra 1964, and Roswell Pro Audio. So get ready to rock. Audio Test Kitchen is uh, an online confidence machine for people who uh, need to know about the most important characteristic or aspect of audio gear, which is how it sounds. And the way to do that, how do you generate that confidence? By making very uh, methodically created audio samples available to be heard and compared very easily on a website. Welcome to Recording Studio Rockstars. I'm Lid Shaw, and this is the podcast created to help you become a rock star of the recording studio. This episode is sponsored by OWC, Otherworld Computing, which you can find at OWC.com, your trusted source for memory and speed upgrades, DIY installs, and used Macs for your studio. Let OWC focus on keeping your studio Mac in killer condition so that you can focus on making great music. Why ditch your existing Mac when you can take your studio far into the future with OWC? Learn more at OWC.com and learn how you can supercharge your studio Mac. The speed to create, the capacity to dream. Find out how awesome your Mac can be at OWC. The Spectra 1964-101 amplifier provides unequaled headroom, low noise, and a linear output, irrespective of transient audio peaks. In the studio, this means that critical details from your microphone get through to your DAW. The 101 was used by Tom Dowd, Muscle Shoals, Stack Studios, and The Record Plant on records by ZZ Top, Aerosmith, Bruce Springsteen, and John Lennon. Today, Spectra 1964 brings that same incredible sound to your studio with the STX-100 mic pre. Learn more at Spectra 1964. What do Michael Brower, Joe Ciccarelli, Dave Pensato, and George Massenberg all have in common? They all have great things to say about Eventide. Originating in a New York City basement in 1971 with the original Instant Phaser and H910 Harmonizer, Eventide continues to transform the sound of music with the iconic H9000 Harmonizer, visionary guitar effects like the H9 pedal, and now a whole suite of incredible plugins for your studio. Go to eventide.com to learn more or click the link in the show notes below. If you're sick of bothering the neighbors when you are trying to record your music or ruining your recordings with outside noises, but you're not ready to spend a ton of money on permanent studio construction yet, then consider getting a Whisper Room ISO booth for your studio. Whisper Room offers the instant solution for a comfortable, quiet, ventilated, portable ISO booth with easy line of sight for recording vocals, guitar amps, or even drums. Get 10% off the 4x4 or 4x6 booth when you mention recording studio rock stars. Go to whisperroom.com or click the link in the show notes below. Hey, Rockstars, it's your host, Lid Sean. Welcome back to Recording Studio Rockstars, bringing you into the studio to learn from recording professionals so that you can make your best record ever and be a rock star of the studio yourself. My guest today is Alex Oana, an engineer, producer, originally from Minneapolis, now living in Los Angeles. From his studios in both locations, he's produced hundreds of records over 30 years and been the recipient of 11 Minnesota Music Awards. Alex is also the creator and co-founder with Ian Latke of Audio Test Kitchen, 
an online resource for seeing, hearing, and auditioning over 300 microphones from the comfort of your own studio. Intending to solve the frustrating experience of wanting to know what a microphone or any piece of audio gear sounds like before committing to what can often be an expensive purchase for your studio, Alex decided to create a place where you can go now to check out a product for your studio that you might be considering and make comparisons until you find just the right fit, just like a pair of jeans at your favorite store. Or even just go there to have fun listening to what all the different mics sound like just to satisfy your curiosity, which is what most of us are wanting to do all the time anyway. This is actually Alex's second trip to the pro audio product Rodeo, so to speak. Like many entrepreneurs, Alex's products are born from pain points he experienced himself. The thousands of repetitive mouse clicks required to mix a record inspired him to create the Raven Multi-Touch DAW controller while vice president at Slate. And back when he was a sales consultant with Vintage King Audio, Alex and his customers repeatedly had to deal with a lack of information about pro audio products. The most important information, how do they sound? Today, we'll talk with Alex about what it took to create the world's first online pro audio showroom, what you can find there now and what you can expect to find there in the future, and also how you can use this knowledge to help you make better records in your studio. Please welcome Alex Oana to Recording Studio Rockstars. Alex, my man, are you ready to rock, dude? <laughs> Liz, this is so incredible being here with you. I am incredibly grateful to be on, well, just to be in this room in your studio in Nashville with you. Do people know you're in Nashville? Oh, I mean, yeah, like, East okay. Nashville, man. They Perfect. know they know about me. They know about the home studio battle. They know about the whole nine yards. Uh, you may or may not have seen Licious Studio, but it is a cool place. Tons of gear, but the the space itself is beautiful and, and has all these interesting um, acoustic nooks and crannies and qualities, which I love. You know, I'm always interested in what's what where are we gonna find the interesting sound off in this corner? Or you have this incredibly high ceiling up there, which I think yeah, would I think be it's like really twenty six feet above the snare or something. Dude, dude. I love it's that. Pretty it's monstrous. Built in pre delay if you Good want. Good luck it. changing a light bulb. <laughs> but I'm I'm like six feet twenty five tall. I mean I could do it. You could, man. You could just reach right up there. You're, you're the first guest I've had on the show, I think, that I had to set the microphone higher than I have to set it for myself. Because <laughs> I come in at six feet. Where are, well, you? Where are you? Six foot you, two? I'm six four, but Liz, six I tell four, you, you, nice. you carry yourself six, two and a half. Well, I'm just because I'm standing on my toes a lot of times. <laughs> but no, I really appreciate your introduction of, of uh, some of the things that I've been up to in my career and the intention of Audio Test Kitchen and how we're trying to help and solve this problem was, uh, I was just right on. And, and I really, really appreciate you. Uh, reflecting that back on me because, you know, sometimes, like I said, you said, as an entrepreneur, you're just trying to solve problems and uh, you can like, you know, infinitely like, uh, um, what's the word, uh, focus group and like do surveys and stuff and find out what everybody needs and you might end up with with nothing or something that nobody wants. Or you can work with an instinct and yeah. uh, a pain point like like we identified over years and years and years working in this industry, experiencing it ourselves. And then, uh, of course, before we spent the three years and, on, and all the resources to build it, we asked a ton of people, like, do you have this problem? And would something like this solve it? That's good advice, asking around before you decide that it's everybody's problem. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, I, I've had 
a bit of an inventor in me too growing up and I had all kinds of ideas. I'm still, one of these days, man, I'm going to come up with the lidless Tupperware idea. I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> but each one of those, what you learn is that to solve any one of those ideas and, and try and come up with a, a whole product and business around whatever it is, it's it's like, it's that's the hard part. I, I've, I always say now, it's like ideas are easy. You know? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's absolutely the execution. I mean, you got to have both. Uh, but like number, yeah, you've got a, um, a couple really important steps. One, open your mouth and, and talk about your ideas with people around you, people you, you trust and people you totally fear. That is those are like some of the best, you know, when you like play your mix for somebody who oh, like yeah. is super critical and you're yeah. just like, you are almost cringing. You will. No, not, I'm not almost cringing. I'm cringing. <laughs> yes. And you'll get the best feedback that way. You know, you'll either get something and, and, and even if, you know, that feedback says something that total, that does just not align with, what is true, what you know to be true, that's helpful too, because it helps reinforce what you do know and what you do believe. But yeah, yeah so first step, I don't know, we just jumped into like entrepreneurship no, it's all good. here. It's all but, great. Uh, yeah, so, you know, first step, uh, open your mouth, share your idea. Second step, do something about it. Take steps just and, and uh, take risks younger, faster, more, sooner, do it. <laughs> wait, wait. Um, uh, oh, I can't even think of their name right now. Who's the Who's the Who's the band with it that wears the robots? Um, Daft Punk. Daft Punk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's your Daft Punk. You're, you're just quoting a Daft <laughs> Punk song now. Matter faster. Yeah, exactly. Sooner, riskier. <laughs> See, I told you right before we did this. I'm like, dude, the thing I'm always afraid of is I'll be live on the mic and then I have to think of some name of somebody oh. and I'll forget oh, yeah. it, and it'll be the most obvious thing in the world, like Daft Punk. But dude, I got you. You do. If I have that I appreciate moment, you have my back. You'll, you'll have me. See, I mean, I appreciate you saying kind words about my reading the introduction for you. What the rock stars don't know, and I'm revealing now, is the the power of editing is that I cleaned up all the parts where I completely stumbled on the read. <laughs> and it sounds like I just read right through it, like I'm so well-spoken, hopefully. Well, you, you are well-spoken already. Um, Flattery, hopefully, will get me everywhere. Um, but no, uh, you, uh, you, uh, I saw you. You only made two mistakes. So, all right, cool. Man. I don't think Thank that's you, that dude. bad. That's not you too know? bad, man. That's only three takes <laughs> total, right? Um, all right. So, tell us more about who you are and how you got into all this stuff. How, like, um, you know, you didn't start out making pretty insanely awesome products for us in our studios. You started out making some very cool records, right? <laughs> Man, right. So, uh, you know, from I, there's the, uh, you know, each of us have our own origin story, how we got bit by music or audio. I have my own moment. I was a four, probably a four year old kid. One of my youngest memories was crawling around behind my dad's hi fi speakers, you know, the kind that sit on the floor. And I was listening to something on the turntable, and this really, really bassy moment came on, lots of low frequencies. And I just remember, like, I don't, I think it might have been an accident that I was behind the speaker where we all know, like, the bass kind of will go. Right. And probably against a wall. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, I just felt something. And it scared me so much. But then I found myself going back to repeat that experience uh, over and over again. That's funny to think of that because really, honestly, like before you'd ever experienced it, you'd get the low end, you know, resonates your your gut or whatever. Mm -hmm. And of course it would freak you out. You'd be like, whoa, oh my God, what is that? Yeah. You know? And I had the low end of, you know, my being in my mother's womb, you know, her heart beating. That's everything. right. And I swear to God, my whole career is basically probably traceable back to wanting to just get back to the heartbeat, you know, like, 
you know that the, I think I read somewhere that the frequencies that we are most sensitive to as the ones that are most appealing to us are something like, it's like two or 300 up to 500 to 600K. And it's because those are the frequencies that come th- make it through when you're in the womb. So the, that frequency range, that's why we're tuned to that as being appealing in the tone area for sounds. I wonder if there's a like a natural cut around 400 hertz inside the womb that makes us all want to cut kick drums at 400. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I like that. I the like womb, learning those cut. bits and pieces. You know, I love <laughs> anything that helps me discover why the hell I think something sounds like something that has nothing to do with music or anything else. Right. Like, oh, it's because pterodactyls <laughs> were going to attack us from above, you know, or whatever it right. is. And that's why we have like 360 degree uh, hearing directional cues that we are that we are capable of. So the I had my womb moment. I had my behind my dad's floor standing stereo speakers moment. Um, my my mother played piano, and I remember again here I am. All my stories are about crawling around yeah. on the floor and hearing sound. And so I was, I, that's how I heard my mom playing piano, and then I eventually took some piano lessons, which went into saxophone, which went into choir, which is where all the cute girls were. And then uh, eventually in college, I my dream came true of being. And you're still crawling around on the floor at this point, like your parents looking like, looking for girls uh, crawling around on the floor. It's no longer about sound. Um, you get in trouble for that, rock stars. By the way, to, nah, well, you know, if I you're don't, an adult, I don't have to look for uh, girls because I have an amazing girlfriend. So, um, uh, just to, to set the record straight. No, I just meant the crawling around on the floor part. <laughs> well, that's what we will, will return to in our old age, which hopefully we are a long ways away from, Lish. Keep going to the gym. Hey, yeah, I agree. I agree. We got to keep going to the gym. Um, Rockstars, Alex and I are pretty close to the same age, actually. Yep. And, uh, it's, it's always kind of nice to meet like, you know, a brother from the same path, so to speak. Yeah, there's, I, I, if I would have continued, you know, uh, if we were to continue talking about my origin story, the observation I was going to make for you is that I think, uh, so I left my, I had my studio in Minneapolis from about uh, 94 through 2004. And I I believe if I would have kept going, it would have been, it would have evolved some similar to how, Yours has evolved here. That you have an, a really cool sort of keep adding of, junk and not know where to put yeah, things away. Yeah, it's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of that, but you know, um, it's it's your own. You know, it's your your tool for sound expression, etc. Anyway, so you were right in the city, though. Yeah, I was uh, right by the University of Minnesota. The house that I bought in '94 was um, was the home of Twin Tone Records. In, oh wow! In the mid seventies, cool. so uh, Twin Tone is the replacements. Yes, yeah, the replacements and a bunch of other legendary, you know, Minnesota indie bands. And um, Twin Tone Records was, uh, yeah, born in the house that I bought. Um, I bought it in ninety four, but it was known for uh, being the home of rep- the replacements and a bunch of other um, kind of area or uh, uh, regional Minnesota bands that are super well known up there. Yeah. And uh, I think the owners before me did the same thing I did. Was they, they lived in the house. They lived upstairs. They recorded in the downstairs, which had pretty much entirely been converted to a recording studio, but had this vibe of like wood floors. And they had put up cedar walls everywhere. And they had added on a control room with, with glass. And uh, so, so the replacements recorded in your studio before you had it? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Dude, One that's of, badass. Do you remember a band named Walt Mink? Yes. It was up there. Were they also on tw- a Twin Tone? 
Uh, I don't know what their their label was, but they were one of the bands that the bands that I worked with like worshipped. You know, like there were a few bands in town that was like, oh my gosh, they're you know they're at the level we want to be at. Yeah, and isn't it funny how like throughout our careers we can always like look up to the the place we want to go or the people we want to be. Yeah, and and I don't I don't know if that's ever going to end. Nah, like until we're like the grandpas of the industry and we have nothing left to aspire to. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's inspiring because it's just a reminder that like so much of that just simply has to do with, um, you know, when we start doing something, there's somebody who's been doing it and they're just, they just got the experience in and they're doing it pretty yeah. well and we dig it, you know, and that's enough to pull us right along. And then we, and then they're done and then it's our turn. One day you turn around and somebody else is looking up to you for something you've done and you and, you just hand off the mantle. And so in my early 20s, as I was uh, developing my career in Minneapolis, that's one thing I, I, I remember this moment. I turned to my friends, <clears throat> and we were in the context of something where we had seen, you know, somebody that we were, you know, that we aspired to be. And I turned to them and I, I said, um, you know, one of the bands I was working with, and I said, some, I said, somebody's got to take over. You know, they won't be there forever, and it might as well be us. Nice. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just how it happens. And, and the other, so the, the thing about, you know, um, pursuing your dreams and your ideas, of course, tell, talk about it, uh, uh, enroll others. Uh, do something about it. <laughs> do something about it. And then the, the next most important step, keep going. Yeah, right. Don't You just got to keep going. Yeah. So uh, I've kept going on uh, with two, prod- I don't know if we've talked enough about my background, but. Uh, no, let's keep going. All, all this. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You keep going. I'm saying like, yeah, you did the studio thing, but I know as far as when you said two, I was thinking also of the two products that you brought to market. Yeah, totally. Uh, So I was part of that transition from just recording on, on analog. So, you know, it was, we were, we were slaves to 23 tracks plus Simti, man. You know, it was the two inch tape machine and, uh, I was fortunate in Minneapolis that we had a great SSL room, a great API room, and just south of town, a great Neve room at, at Pachyderm. Um, so, so I had exposure to like the three major colors of consoles as far as, you know, I mean, there's also other, other great ones as well, but um, those are like the three main families and really cool recording rooms. And I, it was weird that the very first studio I interned in, the guy was one of the, he was like a, a mini and still is. His name is Steve McKinstry. He runs um, Saul Magundi Studio. And Steve is like a, think of him as like a, uh, a mini, not to be, not to diminish Steve at all, but a mini John McBride of Blackbird. Nice. So he started collecting the cool stuff, the cool vintage stuff, um, while other people were getting rid of it. And so I, in my earliest, my ears at the earliest time, were exposed to these kind of classic tones. And for, I would imagine a lot of people listening right now, you know the experience of hearing something and and maybe it's a, the tone of a microphone or a guitar or a, a preamp or a pedal or a drum and you lock it in to your sonic memory. You know, your, your uh, mind temple of sound. Yeah. And you can, you can access it anytime. So if somebody goes like, you know, uh, U47, just to be totally generic, you can picture if you've recorded with one or if you've heard one on Audio Test Kitchen, um, you can picture in your mind instantly what that sounds like. And then as you're about to roll out, you know, you're maybe you're in a studio and you have a chance to use one and you you have a sense already 
of what that thing is going to sound like. So my earliest um, uh, uh, aural and A-U-R-A-L, muscle building and memory building and palate building was based on some of the classic classic sounding gear, you know, 251s and all the, all the, you know, German tube mics, small diaphragm, large diaphragm, vintage amplifiers, vintage guitars, vintage drums. So I was already infected with like the best stuff. And so I, that was yeah. what I, you know, in all my work and in all my like gear acquisition syndrome and everything, I, it was always in pursuit of the best of the best. Right. So it was very challenging, especially at that time when there weren't as many affordable tools available. Yeah, there was, it was really a different world back then. I mean, like if we wanted to start out with our first mic collection, you were right. talking about getting some dynamics, you know. Yep. Bunch. Or maybe like the AT4033 or something like that. That was like it. That, yeah. that was the first affordable one because my my first pair of kind of a sort of a workhorse, well, yeah, workhorse mics, but still not really affordable. I think there were like three grand for the pair used was uh, those transformerless AKG 414s. And at the time they were called TL2. Now yeah. they're called uh, XL2. Um, but that was, but I would use them on everything. And and that actually, that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people in the world, you know, buy that one great mic or buy the those two great mics and they just record everything with them. I mean, I, that's I've done that a million yeah, times. Yeah, they're great you know? sounding mics. I know they sound great on drums, and they sound great on acoustic, and they sound great on voice. Well, even if they don't sound great, sometimes you just you save up for the best you can get, or you yeah. you sometimes it's the thing that somebody recommended to you, and you don't you're not a mic expert, and you go like, well, that's what I got, and you record everything through that. So, um, and that actually turned into a feature on Audio Test Kitchen, and it's it's interesting. I think how um, probably a lot of you know. Uh, product developers or, or what have you that you you pull on these pain points from your life or these particular experiences. Like it's so weird how one person can make a comment and it turns into a feature on a product. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Well, so we clearly need to jump right to the present, but on our way there, just give us a brief recap of um, your involvement with the Raven and everything. I was, I was like kind of shocked to see that in your bio. I was like, no way. I didn't know that that was part of your, your journey here. Yeah. Well, um, uh, that was, I think, I, I reflect on that time at Slate with a ton of gratitude because um, I met I met Stephen in 2011, and I had been working at Vintage King for a couple of years, and we got to talking, and we just had this mind meld. It was like we were both going a mile a minute on like product ideas and everything. And long story short, um, we were working on essentially like a. Uh, he he gave me like a really great compliment at the time and and he said like no one has like more product usually no one has more like product ideas than i do and like it's amazing i got to have you on my team so he hired me to be his nice. vice president and uh and then uh he was we were working on this monitor controller and uh and then it became this weird other thing and then i was like wait a second isn't the, our whole job here to make uh the tools more immediate well why is it we have this um Thing between us and the thing that we're trying to interact with, which at this time now is DAWs. Yeah. So why don't we create a tool that allows for a more direct connection to that? So we should be making like a, a touchscreen, a DAW controller. And some folks had dabbled with various versions uh, that were not commercially successful and maybe didn't quite take the right path. Um, and we we just hunkered down 
and we solved the problem of making a con- commercially viable uh, touchscreen for controlling your DAWs and, and touching plugins directly. That's so wild. And if I recall, um, it had a little bit to do with cleverly sort of overlaying software on top of software or something, right? Yeah. Wait, did we talk about that? No, I just, I, I have um, um, Batch Commander. Am I saying the yeah. name right? Yeah. Uh, Batch Commander, um, which is super awesome, very intriguing piece of software, and it's very flexible. You can do some very cool things with it. But I think it's, that comes from the same design concept that you guys came up with the the Raven. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that was kind of a breakthrough for me was that we were trying to figure out how to make Mac OS, which is not inherently multi-touch, how to bring a multi-touch fader control to that. And it was by accident that I observed something happen one day when I was futzing around with the Raven early days. And I just noticed something happened. And I was like, wait a second. What if we made the Raven uh, a transparent overlay on top of the faders so that to us, so the Raven is seeing your touches, but your eyes are looking right through to Pro Tools. Yeah, And it was just like, whoa, no way. Okay, so so it's there. The Raven is there and it's, it's receiving the touch, but you don't see it there. So it's, it's like it then turns Pro Tools into a multi-touch DAW, which so it was like, whoa, that's crazy. So, um, yeah, yes, it's that's, such a, that's it's such a mind-blowing overlay. product and and like the the whole concept is very exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of blood, sweat and tears went into that and which is why um when I so after Slate I went back to uh Vintage King and you referred to in the intro um a a pain point that my customers and I kept experiencing and that was that this this lack of information there's this information missing in our in our industry. And I think the analogy that says it best it's quite, I'm going to be willing to wager that everybody listening has gone online and made a purchase. Okay, so imagine next time you go online to buy something, you can't see any pictures of it. There's no product images available, and you have no way to compare the thing that you're looking for to another uh, thing that you're, another example from another company of what you're looking for. Well, that is what it's like every day for musicians and audio creators. The most important and fundamental characteristic that we're looking for in these products is probably the sound, and there's no way to experience that. Yeah, yeah. Online. Like, well, there hasn't been. The, oh, that's there up until now. <laughs> right, and and in a way that's totally standardized and trustworthy, because the difference is like up in, you, you could go on YouTube and, and search for some, uh, you know, a single example. But there was no way to know like what recording methodology did they use, how what were the standards, what did that original source sound like, how reliable is it, you know, what was the audio quality, um, and then and then it wasn't going to be comparable to another product in that same category. So before making Audio Test Kitchen, we uh, looked at all the existing solutions and we took and we said, okay, well, what are they? What are people doing right? What are people? Uh, where could it be improved? And so we just, and then we talked to a lot of people also and, and, and talked about what we wanted to build and, and got a lot of feedback. And it was a three-year process wow. to, to create what uh, is now live and just launched a little over a month ago. So um, now we can ask the good question we've all been wanting to hear. What is Audio Test Kitchen? What is it? 
Audio Test Kitchen is uh, an online confidence machine for people who uh, need to know about the most important characteristic or aspect of audio gear, which is how it sounds. Yeah. We we started with, uh, and the way to do that, how do you generate that confidence? By making uh, in, uh, very uh, methodically created audio samples available in, to be heard and compared very easily on a website. I did a mic shootout for my vocals in the studio and tried 20 different microphones from the Shure SM7 to a vintage Neumann U67, but was impressed that my favorite of all was the Roswell Pro Audio Delphos 2 large diaphragm condenser. Handcrafted in California, Roswell Mics brings you inspired design and attention to detail to help you capture a gorgeous vintage sound without the vintage price tag. Check out their beautiful microphones, including the Mini K47 for only $349 at Roswell proaudio.com. So I'm going to, I'm going to, um, bring it back to just this user experience too. Um, at the risk of sounding geeky about the whole process, it's as simple as this rock stars. Uh, if you're in the studio, you already know that if you've got five mics to listen to and the drums are out there and somebody's playing the drums, you're like, okay, let's put up each mic and listen to them. But then you're instantly frustrated with the slow pace at which that happens, especially if you're like, go out, take one off the stand, unhook the cable, put another one on the stand, hook the cable, go in, set a new level, all this. And then maybe you do what I do, which is you speed it up a little bit and you get, you you have your intern do what I call the human mic stand. It's like, dude, I want you to have all five mics right there. And as fast as you can, you just plug in the next one and hold it up in the same spot for me to hear it. Um, But even that takes a while. What you guys created is this, super cool thing where imagine, you know, rock stars, you don't even have to imagine, go try it, but you go on a website and you just simply like click on each mic that looks cool to you that you want to listen to it. And you instantly hear the drums sounding, how they sound through that mic or the bass or the acoustic guitar or whatever electric guitar vocals. That's right. That's right. All right. Interjection over. No, please. Thank you. Uh, that, that helped clarify things a lot. And, uh, one really important thing to know is that all the recordings on Audio Test Kitchen are real recordings of these microphones in a, specific, a particular acoustic environment um, in front of a live source. Yeah. So there were eight different acoustic environments. We have uh, a total of four songs on 300 microphones. Two of those songs are uploaded and available now. One is an old school hip hop song um, where there's like a baritone uh, rapper on that one. And then there's a, like an acoustic singer songwriter song where there's a female vocalist. We've got four other vocalists to release. We're going to stage out the release of that content uh, over time. That's why um, we even have more microphones we can release um, right now. The, the first um, library available for comparison is the large diaphragm condenser microphone category. Right. And we invited at the time when, when, we, um, uh, when we were ready to invite manufacturers to participate, no manufacturers paid to be part of this. We, this is no, there's no pay to play here. We are a totally unbiased third party, self-funded we, uh, it's free for everybody to use. We are supported by ad revenue. 
Um, and uh, but no, none of those ads influ- had any influence on, right, on you the guys content aren't, we created. You guys aren't critiquing the mics; you're just simply making them available for us to go listen to. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. Cool. This is so. This is um, a story of empowerment because, as I said, like why? Sh- why is it an entire industry is asked to make critical decisions about the 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 necessary tools for their trade? And arguably one of like the most beautiful occupations in the world, making music, you know, and creating audio for these, these incredible experiences, films, video games, all all this stuff. Like the thing that like, if you, you know, shut that off and watch society fall apart, you know, the things that have been integral parts of our lives and the people who create that, unless they've been able to go to a showroom that literally had everything they wanted to compare and that showroom had the the perfect environment that they understood. They know the sound of the speakers. They know the sound of those headphones. Every product they wanted to consider and every price range was available to compare. Everything was level matched. I mean, first of all, that showroom- You kind of did that before. Well, I there was a, a great showroom. There is a great showroom in Los Angeles but, uh, that Vintage King made. And there's probably like, I would imagine there's probably- three, maybe four of those type, that level of showroom on the planet. But what I was describing to you wasn't even possible there. And that, you know, their microphone comparison booth is amazing. And yet there's quote unquote, just 24 of them available for you to compare. And is the level going to be matched? And pretty much all you're going to hear is your voice in it. Yeah. And if the level's different, that's going to affect everything. And, And so we made it so that when you compare microphones on Audio Test Kitchen, the only difference you hear is between those microphones you're comparing because we removed all variables from the source. And we were, had a very methodical process for Yeah, let's for talk doing about this. that. Let's talk about some of the challenges that people aren't even aware of. You know, most people are like, yeah, you just, why, how hard is it to just put up another mic and, right. and hear that? So the way we did it is lots of lasers. <laughs> Laser beams. End of story. Just use lots of lasers. So, I mean, it makes for really good Instagram pictures and everything, but they had a really um, a really specific function, which is to make sure... <clears throat> so one of the variables you have to eliminate is um, making sure every microphone is in the exact same position in space right, in front right. of that instrument, but not just the mic itself, the actual diaphragm. Right. So we had um, two lasers coming from two different directions with crosshairs to, make sh- to, to ensure that Indeed, every micro, every diaphragm was the same distance, the same height, the same the same sort of twist. Oh, so the lasers like they where the beam crosses is exactly at the yeah. center of the diaphragm or something. Exactly, oh, that's right. And we even had to make you're already sparking. My brain's already <laughs> turning on. Here. So, and, and you know how some mic grills you can't really see through the grill or past the grill to see exactly where the capsule is or the diaphragm. So we got in with like high-powered flashlights and iPhones and stuff and and would mark the internal location externally with like a piece of, we'd make these little slits of board tape. I mean, we made thousands and thousands of slits of board tape to make external marks on these mics so that in our process of positioning the mics in space in front of the source, we could quickly make sure that, that the lasers were bam, centering us perfectly yeah. um, re- very repeatably every time. Okay, so positioning. Boom. One very important detail. Yeah. How about level? We'll talk about we'll talk about all the the mic stuff and the signal chain. Then we'll go talk about the source. So first step, a single chain signal chain, put that mic in the same spot. Second step, make sure the gain is the same. So we use the Grace M108 preamp. Super I, I, actually, let me take away that adjective. Transparent to the source. Right, right. Okay, so like whatever that mic sounds like, that grace is just going to pass that right along 
to the DAW, which in this case was was Pro Tools. Um, we also, so a couple of great reasons to choose the Grace. One, for how transparent it is. Uh, and the other great reason for choosing the Grace uh, is because it has a built-in A to D. So, and that has two great reasons for why we did that. One, because um, I have found that, uh, and very well-designed, uh, interfaces that have built-in mic pre's. Sometimes um, the the way that the uh, now I'm getting beyond my depth in terms of the te- te- technicalities of it, but essentially putting that mic pre so close to the A to D can actually uh, yield a performance improvement. And that was the case with this Grace, so that the transparency that the analog mic pre was passing on so immediately to the A to, A to D made for an even more transparent yeah, no, makes sense. conversion from yeah, analog. Yeah, because there's less there's yeah. less wire. Yeah. Even, you know. And the other super important part about Grace is they're the Switzerland of the pro audio industry. I mean, like everybody agrees that right. <laughs> that that Grace is great. And and uh uh I don't know, it's just one of these things. Everybody trusts Grace. And uh they were um in fact, um uh I've my co-founder and I and lots of people that other people that were involved in Audio Test Kitchen had had such great positive experiences in the past with those guys um that we reached out to see if they were um, if they could send us the equipment that we needed to pull this off and they ended up being super super great to us and they nice. sent us the M108 which was kind of hot off the presses that that time we had a Dante connection to another Focusrite system that we used um, and Focusrite was super generous with us as us as well supplying some of the rednet gear that we needed to do um, to have the mic pre in the room right next right, to right. Right next to the microphones, and you be able for to con- cable runs, control levels from the control room. Exactly. Yeah, we we remote controlled the gain on on the grace. So we um that was stage one of level matching, and we had these proprietary test tones that we made. We and a couple of things that we all, always had to make sure that we were staying consistent with our recording was um we always had a, a loudspeaker generating a test tone, so we could set levels for every mic. Um, and that was uh, within one dB of accuracy. And then we, um, the, the final um, tenth of a dB of accuracy in terms of level matching, which was perceptual level matching, came at the very, very end of the process where we, we did a gain only um, um, in the digital domain level matching process that makes sure that when you're comparing microphones, on Audio Test Kitchen, the only uh, there's no there's no level change to verify, yeah, because yeah. that will like throw you off it in will. an instant. It will. You yeah. guys want to sell me on your mix? Just make it one dB louder. <laughs> That's right. So, um, you know, we were thoughtful about the kinds of things that can um, throw off uh, a comparison and make it not um, a really uh, reliable comparison. So, I mean, I mean, we don't have to go too deep into it, but I imagine in order to even come up with this stuff and begin to understand. The problems you needed to solve, you first had to do some things wrong. You had to like mess around with it and have it not work, and then be like, "Damn it!" <laughs> so we sh- we should talk about the source side. How do yeah. you control variables in the source? And we um, we tried to. So uh, the things that you can now compare compare on Audio Test Kitchen are uh, acoustic piano, and and Yamaha loaned us a self playing Disclavier acoustic piano. Um, that right. we recorded uh, in one of the finest rooms uh, in in the world, built by Bill Putnam, East West Studio Two. Cool. Uh, the the Rick Rubin, the Chili Peppers room. You know, it's an incredible rock room, and we recorded. Um, so we had the piano in there. We had a close mic position and a room mic position. So that was um, acoustic source on piano. 
uh, just yeah. across the hall in. Let me ask a question about yeah. the piano. So you you quickly you kind of went right past the yeah. this, the disc disclavier is that disclavier? Yes, it's yeah. self playing. Self playing. Why yeah. is it important that the piano is self playing? Oh, thank you so much. Okay, great. So. Um, I, I've been. Uh, I I will ask uh, the the rock stars forgiveness in this because I I feel like I've been talking about Audio Test Kitchen so much since we've launched <laughs> bet, that yeah, like I forget what I've said and what people know and what they don't know. So that's my job. Bring us back to the basics. Thank you. Thank you. So um, you know you can't make uh you the the only way to make comparison of equipment uh something that you can rely on is to eliminate all variables except the one you're testing. Now this yep. is just the scientific part of the scientific method. Yep. You it's most wise to test for one variable at a time. What is the thing that we're interested in testing? Same in this thing case, goes for troubleshooting things in your studio, Roxas. <laughs> yes, yes, very very so wise. So we want the only variable in Audio Test Kitchen to be the gear. That means the signal chain has to be identical every time. That means the gain has to be identical every time. That means the source has to be identical yeah, the sound every time. Itself, yeah. Right. So, how do you get an acoustic instrument to play identically every time? So, Yamaha solved that problem for us. They supplied us with a self playing Disclavier acoustic piano. And we had a piano tuner come in several times a day to keep that thing in tune. Wow. And another thing about that is this, this tuner said, you know what? Um, and he listened to what we were, uh, the performances, the MIDI performances that were being acoustically played through that piano. And he said, you know what? If you set this amplitude too high, if you literally have this thing banging away all day, it's going to go out of tune really fast. So we dialed down the um, velocities of this acoustic piano to make sure that um, while maybe not the most banging piano performance, uh, it would be real. It would be totally consistent. Yeah, across all the microphones. Um, another. So, how do we maintain consistency with uh, electric bass and electric guitar? Totally normal studio practice. We reamped, so we recorded uh, performances direct, and those were captured either through our Grace M108. Um, I have my Apogee Ensemble Thunderbolt, which is a great classic guitar input. We used an Antelope Goliath, so we had like a great, like really pure front end. Um, and then we had a, uh, a great room for recording bass amplifier and guitar amplifier. And it's actually a chamber at East West. I call it the wouldn't it be nice chamber. Because <laughs> if you, not only does it sound nice, but if you listen to the Beach Boys, wouldn't it be nice? That there's yeah. that first, chung, well, there's, it's yeah. the snare reverb. It says, chung, chung. And that sound of that echo going is East West Studio 2 chamber. So that's where we, um, and for, for bass guitar reamp, we actually damped that down with like a bunch of, you know, soft stuff. But then for the guitar, we flipped all that stuff around, put a bunch of extra wood in there and stuff and got like a lively sound. So um, bass and guitar were just reamped performances. And and we, again, um, uh, no, I don't think I explained, no, I didn't explain this part yet. We had to have um, a... Uh, a way to check ourselves, a way to make sure that the sources were remaining consistent because you can't just listen to what we call the product microphones, all the microphones that that we're testing and comparing. Those, you know, are all going to inherently sound different. So we we set up 
B&K reference microphones, DPA reference microphones. We had some Josephson at one point. Those mics never move. The level never changes. They're always in the same spot in fr- uh, by the piano, by the bass guitar, by the electric guitar, by every source we recorded so that we could always refer to that and go like, hey, are we sounding the same right, as right. we on take, you know, 77 as we sounded on take one? Wow. Yeah. So we have, I mean, you guys, we have massive Pro Tool session, just sessions, thousands and thousands of tracks. But it was all to, for... Um, to, to to make sure we we're doing this right and backing backing ourselves up and and like you know like you know what what would happen if Ivana Manley called me tomorrow and said hey my mic doesn't sound right on such and such I can go back to the reference microphone that we tracked on the bass amplifier when we tracked the Manley reference silver and I can listen and find out was there something weird about the bass amp when we recorded the Manly Reference Silver. Sorry, Ivana, no, there was not. That's just, you know, maybe your mic breaks up a little bit at that level, whatever. You know, that did right, not happen, right, thankfully, right. but that's what we needed to have, you know, to be able to reassure manufacturers, to be able to reassure ourselves. Um, so we've done piano, bass, electric guitar, um, and probably what people are most wondering, well, let's do drums. Let's do drums first. Yeah, that, that's that, got to be a that challenge. That was cool. Huh? So that was really challenging, and we totally failed at that so many times. Um, so I'll tell you how we eventually won or, or were victorious in, in figuring out how to record hi-hat and tambourine. We um, we used these uh, drum uh, solenoid, we call them the drum robots. So they're called Perk. They're made by a Polish company called Polyend and they make boutique synth products. And basically it's, it's essentially a physical drum striker um, at... A little bit less than you know human level velocity, mm-hmm. um, but it has a small uh, wood striker that that comes out of this little ball that you put over the top. You you clamp it all down in place, and you put it over the top of a, a anything that you want to hit, like a percussive instrument. And so, we created our own quote unquote uh, hi hat robot. That's wild. Our own tambourine robot. And we had to custom make these stands and everything to make sure that the top hi-hat didn't spin relative to the bottom hi-hat and that the tambourine would never move. And we found that we could record, we could, um, our tambourine and our hi-hat robots sounded identical on day one as they did on day five. So microphone number one, you know, and we checked it every take to microphone number 250 always the same. That's such a trip. Now, you guys must have documented this whole process too. I mean, this sounds like the greatest, you know, uh, <laughs> documentary film that we're all waiting to, to watch, you know, or something. Just just, just the process alone. It's funny that um, you have to create an amazing story to create something that, that is a different story. Like the different story is we just wanted a hi-hat that we right. could listen to and hear the comparisons. <laughs> but the story of getting there is like, right. it's it's every bit as fascinating right. as which mic you'll end up it's getting. Like, it's like the making of Apocalypse Now. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what lengths did they go to and how how much suffering was there? There was plenty of suffering. We, uh, we were at East West. We were four and a half days and 185 microphones into recording a three-piece acoustic drum kit that we had... We had rented this beautiful kit from the drum doctor. Ross came down and set it up himself. Vintage Slingerland. And oh, it was just gorgeous. And it was sounding incredible. And as we're like tracking this thing throughout, uh, you know, going from take to take to take, we're we're listening to these, you know, we think, you know, the very it's fine from take to take. And then we start going farther and back. So when we're at take 48, now we're listening to one and we're like, 
is that different? How different is that? How do we get it back? And so long story short, the variables that cropped up between the snare, the hat, and the kick, uh, on uh, by the time we got to take 185, we realized that we weren't incredibly terrible at maintaining <laughs> the kind of threshold of variability. In other words, no variation in the drum tuning yeah. between these three things all happening at the same time that we, and, and uh, uh, you know, I'm telling you that we were terrible at it, but we tried really, really hard. I mean, this we is had terribly difficult. Multiple experts in the room trying to figure out how to keep a whole drum kit play exactly consistently having this little robot drummer it was not a human being playing this so we had we knew for sure that we were hitting them the same way every time with these little robot drum striker things drum heads that just stretch and change you know, over time and everything and the temperature would go it was pro, i would say that 90% of it was the temperature varying in the room and we went from studio to studio and found that that is the the biggest the biggest uh challenge you know what it is it's it's the uh, what is it um is it the Heisen, Heisen? Is it? It's not Heisenberg. It's like Schrodinger's principle uh-huh. or whatever. We're like you can't. It's the act of, um, or um, gosh, I'm gonna say it, the uncertainty principle, where like the act of observing it changes it. You know, yes. uh, the more worried you guys got about the uh, yeah. the temperature in there, the more all of you actually raised the temperature in the room just by being there. <laughs> no, but that is absolutely true. And by by even chasing it, it would have been better if we would have just gone. Oh, the HVAC came on. Let's wait ten minutes. But we kept chasing it, you know, and uh, and then we went. So we we were 185 microphones in, and probably with and we had 10 people around us in one of the best and most expensive studios in LA. And we we when the moment when we realized we had failed, and that we had not met our own standard for absolutely maintaining consistency, 100% consistency in the source, we were we realized we were twenty thousand dollars in. Wow, we we literally had to th- we had to throw away twenty thousand dollars in five days of studio time, and it totally it threw off our whole schedule. We had to, we thought we were going to get it all done at East West, and then then we were on to the next studio where we again, this time I was like, okay, we're only recording kick, and I was like, oh, we're going to knock this thing out in a week. I know how to deal with this thing, but again, the HVAC in the room, we were we were recording at um, Gold Diggers LA, really cool studio, but the HVAC was taking us plus or minus three degrees or something like that. Which is pretty dang reasonable for most totally of life, fine, you know. Totally fine, yeah. But when you become a science project, it's oh a whole God. different Yeah, Yeah, because it was taking us plus or minus several hertz. And at when, when you tune a 26-inch kick drum down to like a low D, like we were doing it, a couple of hertz is a semitone. It's insane. So like the whole, we were like, we couldn't, so we were three studios deep before we figured out how to record drums properly. Wow. Um, so we ended up coming up with a mechanism for recording. We, so we ended up sampling, instead of trying to create a performance, having these MIDI actuators strike the drums and play back. Um, one thing for, if, if you haven't checked out Audio Test Kitchen yet, is um, all the audio content is based on songs. So you hear a 30-second version of an LA hip-hop track, a 30-second version of... Uh, a beautiful acoustic singer, singer-songwriter track. And you can drill down to solo any individual instrument within that, or you can back up and hear all of those mics at once stacked up on that one microphone, which incidentally kind of amplifies the personality of that right, one totally. mic, 
which is a really cool way to give your ears kind of superpowers. So like if you can't hear the subtle differences when you're just soloing one instrument, say an acoustic guitar or a vocal on an audio test kitchen, um, you can zoom out, so to speak, and have all those sources at once playback and whatever personality that mic has is going to be naturally amplified times the number of sources there are. If there's eight sources, you're going to kind of get an 8x effect of, of whatever that mic's personality is. Then it makes it really easy to compare, you know, among the different microphones. And sometimes, admittedly, and this is something we were super excited to discover actually about creating Audio Test Kitchen, was that sometimes there aren't huge differences between these mics. Right, right. And when we were contemplating creating Audio Test Kitchen, before we ever even captured this content and were able to compare it ourselves, we were worried about this. We were like, what if the, there really aren't that big what a difference? It doesn't mics? matter. Yeah. And then nobody's going to care. And then like, nobody's going to, you know, and, and you, your mind goes to all these places. And indeed, there are some microphones and they're not all in the same price point where you can compare them and, and the differences are, are not that great. And then that's pretty wild. And so Rockstars, uh, I'm going to pause just for a moment and encourage you to definitely go check this out and go trust your own ears on that and listen for it. And I also want to um, give you some feedback uh, based on what you said. You're, this is, go way back to the beginning, the idea of sometimes you just have one mic and you record everything with it in your studio. What a what an awesome opportunity to hear all these different mics and imagine that like, well, what if that was the mic I had? What would it sound like and all this stuff? But um Let's take a, a break for just a second. We'll come back in for the jam session. And when we do, we're going to hear just how you solved that drum problem. So hang tight, rock stars. We'll see you in just a minute for the jam session. The Spectra 1964 model was created by the missile engineers who are central in rolling out the systems that have protected the free world for over half a century. The extremely stable high circuit design of the 101 amplifier provides unequaled headroom, low noise, and linear output, irrespective of transient audio peaks, giving you clearer, punchier, dynamic recordings. During the height of record making, the 101 preamp was the perfect choice to build consoles for Tom Dowd, Muscle Shoals, Stack Studios, Ardent Studios, and New York City record plant, bringing you the sounds of ZZ Top, Aerosmith, Bruce Springsteen, King Crimson, John Lennon, and so many more. The Spectra 1964 legacy is carried on today through Bill Cheney and Jim Romney. Now you can get that same sound in your studio with the STX100 Mic Pre and STX500 EQ. Add the Cinemag Transformer BBDI and the C610 Comp Limiter, and you can have a truly awesome sound. Go to Spectra1964.com to learn more or click the link in the show notes below. Are you using a Mac in your recording studio? Are you tired of feeling like the studio setup you worked so hard to create is becoming obsolete too quickly? Wouldn't it feel great to have a trusted friend to help you keep your existing Mac and studio setup current and relevant so that you can focus on the thing you love most, which is making great music? Well, now you can rely on OWC, Otherworld Computing, which you can find at OWC.com, whose mission it is to help you get the most mileage out of your Mac. Whether you need to upgrade your RAM, install an SSD, add more connectivity, or simply find a great used Mac that's ready to rock, OWC will help take your studio far into the future with a vast library of DIY install videos, 24-7 friendly support, and free shipping in the U.S. on most items over $49. Why get frustrated and ditch your existing computer when you can take your studio far into the future with OWC? Learn more at OWC.com and find out how awesome your Mac can be at OWC.
It was 1971 in a New York City basement when Eventide revolutionized the audio world by introducing the world's first studio effects processor, the Instant Phaser, and the first digital effect, the H910 Harmonizer. Eventide soon followed with the Instant Flanger, Omnipressor, SP2016 Reverb, and H949 and H3000 Harmonizers, which have been favorites of A-list mixers like Michael Brower, Joe Ciccarelli, and Dave Pensato, and heard on countless hit records over the decades. Today, Eventide brings all that sound to your stage and studio with modern solutions like the H9000 Harmonizer, their complete line of guitar pedals, including the versatile H9 Max, and transformative plugins like Micropitch, Physion, Black Hole, and Mangled Reverb. Take your next mix in your studio to a whole new level. Go to eventide.com or click the link in the show notes below. Are you sick of bothering family and neighbors when you're just trying to rehearse or record your music? Do outside noises or computer fans get into your studio mics and ruin your recordings? You could book a pro studio to record every time, but that would add up quickly, and doing permanent construction to soundproof your studio can easily cost up to $100,000 or more. Trust me, I know. And you can't take that with you when you eventually move the studio. Don't you wish it was an easy solution right now? Quisproom Isobooths offers a simple way to install a comfortable, quiet, ventilated isobooth in your studio with easy line of sight for recording vocals, guitar amps, or even drums in a variety of sizes. For 30 years, Whisperoom has been solving studio isolation needs worldwide with isobooths that are shippable, portable, and can be assembled in an afternoon. Now you can get pro vocal recordings right in your home studio, practice whenever you want, and start using real guitar amps again. Get 10% off the 4x4 or 4x6 booths when you mention Recording Studio Rockstars at whisperroom.com or click the link in the show notes below. Hey, Rockstars, we're back now for the jam session. My guest today is Alex Oana, joining hey, us from, from uh, well, right here at the yeah, studio. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, and I, I wanted to mention something, too. Yeah. Before I ask you if you're ready to jam. Actually, let me ask you if you're ready to jam. You ready to jam? I don't even know, but I feel like I am. Sweet. Um, so the the thing I wanted to mention and remind you, Rockstars, is, is uh, as you know, Alex is talking about some very scientific approach to recording, which is awesome stuff and super exciting. But just a reminder that that's not what he always does when he's in the studio making records. Um, and he's made a lot of great sounding records. And we have a YouTube playlist, so you can just go click through and listen to all the work that Alex oh. has done before getting into the uh, the how to be a scientist so that Thank you, you guys can pick your best mic choice. Yeah, and the, the whole purpose of the the science thing is is to make it so that you have a reliable resource, a reliable reference point. And and interestingly, you know, the more I learned about uh, product development, there's a lot of science you need to make yeah. a good product. You know, yeah, so bad. it's the intersection of art and science. Like you, you really in this business, you can't have one without the other. And they all have to be driven by solving a problem and, yeah. and by uh, d making, creating an experience that um, is, is, well, it's a good user experience and, and one that's, that's necessary. So, Well, it's just really wild to think about all the um, efforts that you guys are going through to create these, these samples for us. And, um, and it's literally like some robots on there playing playing stuff too, which is pretty There are wild. robots playing things like drums and we had a, a, a really cool, it's actually a, um, what do you call it? It's, it's not a custom product. It's a pro off the shelf product, so to speak, made by a company called Dynamount down in San Diego. It's the drum positioning robot 
So, oh yeah, right, right. Yeah, so we actually use that in our development process for how, how to locate a sweet spot for a microphone. In this case, it was um, for this whole crazy system we came up with for how to how to create consistent vocal comparisons. Oh yeah, uh, we'll get into that in just a moment because that sounds like that must have been a challenge. Um, but tell us, how did you solve the drum thing? Because we're dying to know. So the we decided to, uh, unlike the hi hat and and the tambourine, that we we had a, a MIDI performance playing this drum robot, the Perk. It's called hitting it uh, like like a drummer would perform a take on these 30-second songs. Um, with the kick drum, we decided we were going to try to get just one perfect hit on each microphone in a close position and in a farther back, quote-unquote, room position. Yeah. Uh, and so we came up with a whole process for how do we make sure that we're striking the drum the exact same velocity. We got really, really good at tuning the drum. So I'm a little bit obsessed with these big bass drums, um, but the the that was driven by the, the the idea that every microphone needs to be tested at a variety of frequency ranges, a variety of um, with a variety of transient material and 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 non transient material. So yeah. that's um, and and actually a song with traditional instrumentation is a perfect way to do that. And so that's why in Audio Test Kitchen, you can hear drums. So the bass drum was a 26-inch drum tuned to like 36 hertz or something like that. Um, very, very deep so that we can reveal what is the low-frequency characteristic of this microphone. The hi-hat and the tambourine were touching the highest end of the spectrum and with incredible transient yeah, information, no especially on the tambourine. And some of the decisions that we made about um, how to uh, um, capture content that was sure to reveal the characteristics of the microphone. Also, we wanted to create content that would be relatable to people. So, you know, maybe if you're a rapper, you're maybe not going to relate to the shoegazer alternative song that we're, we have, but have yet to release. So, um, you know, we wanted to make it relevant to each listener. So we have um, a, a, a male baritone rapper. We've got like a more mid-range voiced male rapper and we've got a much higher voiced um, female rapper. Um, so you take these kinds of things and you, because you want to put these microphones in various conditions, you know, I can't invite the entire world to sing through the 250 physical microphones that the manufacturers sent us to test. But what I can do is I can put I can I can make recordings under standardized conditions with a, a huge variety of content that when you take it all as a, a whole, you can have a complete picture of the performance of how these microphones will perform when you get them. Yeah, exactly. And, and you had asked me a question earlier when I described um, the stacked effect. So the stacked effect is this thing that amplifies the personality of each microphone by playing simultaneously all the available sources in the song. So if there's piano, bass, guitar, acoustic guitar, drums, vocals, you're hearing all those tracks simultaneously on that one microphone. And so whatever the characteristics or personality of that microphone are, they're going to all sort of compile and add up, stack together. And then when you jump to the next microphone that you're comparing 
its personality gets stacked up. So it's like a natural amplification that you of, of the personality that you get for free. But that was really, so it's called the stacked effect, but for the longest time, that feature was actually called, which is not nearly a catchy enough name, the sound of ownership. <laughs> so, but the sound of ownership, I mean, so many of us, we have one mic or one really good mic that we record everything, or maybe we're looking to get our first mic and we know we're going to record everything on that microphone. So I just thought, um, you know, let's show people what it would be like if they just recorded everything, uh, you know, all these acoustic sources on this one mic so that you can know like is, oh, hey, it's a bright mic. I love it. It's crisp. It's clean. It's It's clear. Okay, but wait a second. If you record that on a bunch of sources, is it going to get strident? Is it going to get thin? Now you have a way of knowing that. Yeah. Uh, you know what else comes to mind too is the, um, well, I was trying to think of another name and I thought about the everything effect, but then I was like, yeah, but the everything effect sounds like you're using every mic at once. And then I was like, ooh, I wonder what that sound like. <laughs> but then, But then it reminded me that, yeah, one of the things that we definitely do is we learn that sometimes a combination of two mics can give you a really great effect and you can blend the two to kind of EQ. Um, when Jim Scott was on the podcast, he talked about doing that with Tom Petty. And then I made a video about it called like, you know, the Tom Petty acoustic guitar miking trick. And, um, and that's a really great way to dial in a sound. And I wonder if you guys have thought about uh, you know, adding that where it's like, hey, let's take two of the mics on the acoustic and and try blending them against each other. Well, one of the really cool things is that in the short, uh, not even five weeks since we launched, we've gotten such uh, like an amazing amount of great feedback um, from people on various YouTube channels and and all these places. Really supportive, and I'm I'm really grateful and and so happy that people are are receiving this as we intended. And it's be already becoming a really useful tool. We even have manufacturers approaching us saying, this is amazing. How can we build an audio test kitchen within our website to demonstrate the, the quality of our products, but have a third party do it so that it's everyone knows, you know, we're, we're not, uh, you know, uh, um, rigging the contest yeah, in yeah. some way. So, um, and and the idea that you're talking about has been has been proposed. Hey, can you make it so that I can hear like this mic on snare, this mic on kick, you know, this mic on piano, et cetera? That is totally possible, and that is something that we might do in the future. But um, one thing that is uh, in, at times common wisdom in product development is maybe don't boil the ocean with your first the first time you come out. Like let's try to just narrowly solve this one problem. And see how and see how it goes over, right? So the the fundamental problem that we wanted to absolutely solve was giving people who have no access to come and be with these microphones physically, and in the future we'll get into other kinds of gear and instruments and all kinds of stuff. Um, give them the ability to online bring into their studio a reliable audio comparison, an audio experience that will truly, truly deliver the information that you need to make a great decision about about these products, whether that's you're about to go into a session or you're about to make a purchase or you're in school and you're just learning what these tools can do. Yeah, so so let me just um, keep bringing this question back to you. How do we use Audio Test Kitchen if we're somebody out there to just make sure that we're choosing the right mic for our studio or the right mics, plural? Just, just help us understand like how we can translate this into better records for ourselves. Awesome. So let's start with... Um, the, 
we all have uh, different levels of experience, and and that's great. And and uh, one thing that we all have in common, we are all learning all the time. So let's talk about someone who is less experienced with microphones. I would start with Audio Test Kitchen. Now, you're you're probably going to have an application in mind when if you need a microphone. You're thinking, okay, I need a microphone for X. What is my application? Is it vocals? Is it recording drums? Is it recording a whole bunch of stuff? I only record rocket ships taking off. That's it. It's for recording rocket ships. Um, I have the perfect microphone for you, Lish. Is it by Earthworks? (laughs) (laughs) That was actually one of their things when they came out with their mics. It was like capable of recording the space shuttle taking off because of the high SPL. Dude, sweet. Um, Once we get into small diaphragm and and, uh, measurement grade microphones, I I certainly hope to be able to work with NASA or JPL and and do the uh, rocket test. Oh, man, that'll be cool. Maybe (laughs) they probably won't let you do... A bunch of takeoffs, you'll probably have to just set the mics very close to each other and get it all at once. <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. yeah, could you do could you do that takeoff again, please? Lift off again. Uh reset. Oh, sorry, we weren't rolling. Uh, okay, so let's say your uh your goal is to find a, a microphone for recording vocals. I think a really, a really um uh common and important application. Right. And I you, I didn't really let you finish telling us how you even sampled all those. Right. Too. Okay. Well, let's, let's first talk about the, like why, why Audio Test Kitchen might be a useful and necessary tool for you. So um, you have, maybe you've done some research and you said, you know, best microphone for $500 or something like that. Uh, you might encounter a variety of videos, say, for example, on YouTube, you might see some of the products that you're, you've become curious about, and you can hear various people singing, but you don't know um, the nature of that. The person who recorded it, um, you don't know a whole lot about the rooms it was recorded in, and of course, you can't compare one YouTube, you know, video to another. You can't even compare one manufacturer's sound samples on their site to another manufacturer's. So, um, one of the first things that Audio Test Kitchen provides for you is um, apples to apples comparisons, right? So I like apples. <laughs> so delicious apples, organic apples to apples comparisons. Um, and not galas, man. Those are garbage. I know. I never, they I never always, buy the galas. They're mush by the time you get uh, They're home. kind of mealy. Sorry, gala. Gala? gala? I don't know. I, probably gala. But Fuji, I'm telling you. Fuji's where it's at. Yeah. Yes. Uh, honey crisps and oh, stuff honey like crisps. that. They're like super expensive, though. Can, yeah, you know, you got to... You don't make, want like, to be mushy. <laughs> Sorry, we're digressing. <laughs> okay, so um, I need a vocal mic. I've got a $500 budget. So uh, go on Audio Test Kitchen, go to the little filter button and filter at price range $500 and uh, choose at this time, there's two sounds, uh, two songs that you can work with. One um, is an old school LA hip hop track called LA Song, and you can hear a, a male rap vocalist. And then another one is uh, the, um, it's an acoustic singer songwriter song. So uh, pick one of those two tracks that is closest to you. Maybe you're a man, maybe you're a woman, maybe you have a deep voice, maybe a high voice, that sort of thing. Um, and I would actually, uh, Rather than starting by jumping right in and listening to um, a, a, a vocal soloed, I would actually back out a little bit and use the stacked effect and start listening to microphones in your price range and listen to the overall effect and pull up the frequency response curves and start hearing 
kind of the overall effect of these microphones? Is it bright? Is it dark? Um, does it sound make a voice sound rich? Does it make a voice sound clear? Is in within that brightness, if it is bright, within that clarity, if it is clear, is there anything that might sound harsh? Is there something that might sound sibilant? Um, which is that that characteristic of you know s's and and sharper um, sounds from from the mouth, um, sibilant sounds. Um, and so the frequency response graphs, I call that giving your ears superpowers. You know, you may have heard people say, don't mix with your eyes. Well, this is a case when your eyes looking at the visual frequency response from low to mid to high of these microphones compared with one another, you see like a little peak and you go like, oh, wait a second. Oh, wait, oh, I hear that now. And it's not fake. It's not artificial. You're, you're, you're not being tricked. Your eyes and your ability to use another sense to, to take in another, the same information, but in a different way, gives your ears actually a better ability to tune in to what's really there. So I would, um, I would ask myself if I were looking for a vocal mic, what is the nature of my voice? Is my voice kind of thin? It needs some. It needs some reinforcement in the low end. Well, then I would both look at the frequency response and and look and see what what are the microphones that maybe don't have as much exaggeration in the highs and maybe have a little bit more support in the lows. And I would listen then to the microphones that that start to have that characteristic. So I think going through this process, getting that overall using the stacked effect, getting the overall effect of those microphones. And then dive in and start listening to, now I'm going to listen to that voice in solo. Now I'm going to listen to some other instruments. Maybe I'll also record acoustic guitar. Maybe I'll also record some percussion. So you can listen to what those sources. And and let's say, Lish, that I am never going to record a tambourine (laughs) in my studio. Don't listen to the the demo of the tambourine. (laughs) I'm only going to record vocals and acoustic guitar, but... If you listen to how the, that microphone you're interested in reacts to the tambourine, that's actually kind of similar to what some acoustic guitars can do. Some acoustic guitars are thinner. Maybe you have newer strings. They have quite a lot of transient and high-frequency yeah, information. There's no transient like a tambourine transient. Right. So And, and um, tra- transients, you guys, that may be a familiar word to some. It may not be. So it, it, what that basically is, is that is the the quickness with which the sound sort of starts. So it, it's like it, it, it goes from zero to 60, like really fast. That's what we refer to as transients. Um, it's the Tesla of audio waveforms. <laughs> Even faster than, te- than, than, than Tesla. Like, like it's so, it's like a, if you ever look at how it's recorded in your DAW, it's like straight up real quick. Uh, and uh, so that's what percussive sounds usually do. And then some uh, uh, sounds that are tend to be less transient are things like um, the low frequencies of a bass guitar or of certain elements of a voice. Yeah. Um, except sibilants can sometimes be be transient as well. So it's cool listening to you talk about like the different styles of voices and getting to know your own. And I'm already like conjuring up images. I'm like, oh, cool, dude. We're gonna be able to do. Like we're gonna to evolve to having voice emojis for ourselves. So I'm gonna have a little a voice guitar for me, you know, and I'll like create it and then 
then put it on there and, and you'll have so many voices recorded. It'll match and be like, here's what, here's what you sound most similar to, Lidge. Try these mics out and be like, oh, that's the one for me right there. Yeah, you know what? That's an idea that has come up a, a bunch. Um, we were uh, fortunate when we recorded our uh, our kick drum and our snare drum that is on, on in Audio Test Kitchen now. We got invited into Chris Lord Algae Studio. And that's that's where we captured those drums. It's like, oh, this is perfect. This is like the guy who's known for you know awesome drums. Uh, we're recording them in his in his studio, which is this beautiful 1980s construction, all wood uh, studio. Um, but we were uh, wait. What were we talking about just now? I um, got- the vo- I, well, I said voice avatar, and I should have clarified. Oh, yeah. That's voice oh, right. plus avatar is what that so, is. So, so the voice avatar, Chris, like he he was when he heard about our audio test kitchen, he was like, "You guys, I am so about." giving back. I'm so about educating people. I think you guys are, are have created such an amazing resource and tool for people to learn about the performance of gear, you know, starting with microphones and, and giving that access to people wherever they are in the world. I totally will help you out however I can. He gave us five weeks of studio time. You know, just, That's amazing. He totally invested in Audio Test Kitchen in the, the, the way that he was able to, been super supportive. So, Thank you, Chris Lord Algae, for for doing that. Then one idea, the first idea that came out of Chris's mouth, and and um, it was not the first time that that we had thought of it or that we had heard it, but it was interesting hearing it because now since we've launched, it's come from you know the the most experienced professionals like Chris and and from other people who've been encountering Audio Test Kitchen new is this idea of like, well, why can't I just record my own voice and upload it and then hear how all yeah. these micro- how yeah. all these things sound on my mic? So. I would love to make that a reality, and that may very well be an eventuality of Audio Test Kitchen, but it implies there's two obstacles to that, which, you know, they're overcomable. But one is that currently what you hear on Audio Test Kitchen is all these microphones, There's these are all real recordings of real mics in front of live sources. So yeah. we're not, you know, we're, we're not creating like a, a mic model. All right. Even right. though you can listen to modeling mics right. on, on Audio Test Kitchen, like a Townsend or a Slate or an, or an Antelope or a Gage. Um, and the other problem with that is, okay, so let's say you can upload a recording of your voice to hear how it might sound through these other microphones. Well, what microphone did you use to capture your voice in the right, first place? Exactly. And was it capable of capturing ev- all the qualities of, uh, you know, to pass them on to the next stage? And, um, you know, if you if you'd like, that actually is a perfect segue into how we solved the problem of making sure that the source called vocals was exactly identical and never changed in front of all 250 microphones. I, I want to know it. Let's hear it, dude. All ears. Here we go. So imagine this: you've got to record. You've got to record vocals on 250 microphones, and you've got to make sure that that vocal performance never changed changes. Is it humanly possible? We actually tested this in, in a small way. We just we did it with five microphones. Is it possible with five microphones? Because the the idea is that, and I've seen it happen a million times when I was working at Vintage King in the in the showroom in LA. Often, t- so you can only re- you you'd record your voice in uh, a different take into each different microphone. So you've got for five microphones, you've got five takes. Well. The best singer in the world will still have variations in performance that if you're comparing between microphones, you could accidentally ascribe or, uh, what's the word, correlate 
a difference in performance, you could attribute that difference to a difference in performance of the microphone. So we wanted to make sure yeah, that absolutely. that never happened. Um, but we did lots of crazy experiments like, like, hey, what if we record 10 takes of a vocalist, the same exact part, like do the Mutt Lang layer um, on each microphone, and then the sum of those variables will kind of cancel themselves out. And uh, we can have human vocal performances on on every microphone. Well, that that didn't work either, and it was really confusing, and it was even harder to hear the differences between the mics. So, a huge part of how Audio Test Kitchen was created was in collaboration with the manufacturers themselves. So, it was in our onboarding process of inviting manufacturers to send us their microphones. You know, no one paid to participate in Audio Test Kitchen, um, and uh, you know, no one has earned favorable positioning or anything like that. Um, I mean, I mean, not favorable positioning, but you know, like we didn't treat anybody's mics different than anybody else's. And that's, you know, we're a reliable third party. We're just like our, the trust that we have would completely break down if we ever did that. So we're, we would never do that. Um, so, uh, the manufacturers, in fact, as we started talking about how are we going to create all this content? How are we going to make sure it's a fair fight? How are we going to make sure that when you switch between, you know, the $200, this to the $5,000, that, that it's, that all things are you know, the source was identical every time. So we, um, one of the several of the manufacturers, as a matter of fact, said, "You know what we do? We take a measurement grade microphone, we have someone sing into it, and we essentially bottle that vocal performance. Then we replay that performance through a, a high grade speaker or right. studio monitor. That's reproducible in in like maybe like a anechoic chamber or something, right?" So I didn't believe it. I didn't. I was totally skeptical. I didn't think that that would ever be possible. That you could ever have like something that would sound like a real live vocalist coming out of a speaker. And it took my colleagues literally like uh, begging me to try it. Like, dude, we have to try it. You know. And I was so resistant to it. I mean, (laughs) so I was being pretty stubborn. Um, Well, a lucky thing happened. We. uh, the idea of Audio Test Kitchen came to the attention of um, some badass scientists out nice. at Harmon Laboratories. And these are the guys with the anechoic chamber. So an anechoic chamber is basically a room where they remove the sound of the room by putting you know, all these giant um, fiberglass wedges in it. And essentially, you, it's, it's, it's an acoustic testing room for removing all the variables except for the one that you're testing. So you could be testing for you know, a loudspeaker, you could be testing for a microphone. So uh, there's no, the the room imparts no characteristics of it of its own. So we got the best um, like high resolution microphones that we could get our hands on. We got Sheps, we got DPA, we got Sank, and we got all this stuff. And we found, we determined the best microphones for quote unquote bottling that human voice. Mm-hmm. And now I think of it as like time travel because it's like if you can perfectly capture a voice with no artifacts in a totally flat microphone that imparts no characteristics of itself. Boom. I've suspended that in time inside the DAW. I've captured it. Now I'm just waiting to, for a speaker to sing it back out again. Yeah. So we ended up referring to the loudspeakers that we found were best for the job. And that was a whole process of finding, I mean, we tested every available high, highest of high end, 
studio monitors, all all kinds of stuff, different driver configurations. Yeah, you, then you got these issues of like, what if there's a tweeter and a woofer, totally. and what happens then? Where do you put the yep. mic? All that kind of stuff. And then and then so we're it's this whole process of testing one variable at a time, narrowing it down. So scientific method on that, and we had to find all. We also used the Dynamount to help us find the best position in front of the best studio monitors. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, we're working in an anechoic chamber. We, we we find a Sheps uh, omnidirectional MK2 capsule, um, being uh, so that's the bottling of the voice, and then the vocal surrogate as an Atom S3H. So it has this horizontal, bilaterally symmetrical configuration, which means that the left side is a mirror image of the right side. And that made a perfect point source in space. where the, That was the Atom? Yeah, the Atom wow. S3H, yeah. And where, they're right here in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. They're, and, and, and it's so funny because like none of these manufacturers are like, hey, try our stuff. And like we're totally under the radar, you know? And I would just like call in favors, like, hey, can I borrow your Adam speakers? And Vintage King Los Angeles was was supportive because uh, I used to work there. And, yeah. and they're like, sure, you, you let go, you know, we'll help you with your little science experiment. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and we, you know, so I one day I was fortunate enough to to try the Adams, and I was like, hey, you know, what is it about this ribbon tweeter? You know, like, doesn't that thing, isn't that thing supposed to have like like incredibly great transient response and everything? So maybe that would be really great at 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 uh, making the sound coming out of it sound very live you know very alive and and um and it turns out that was the case oh, that's, so that's it's, wild it's just bizarre so we found that the sheps feeding the atom incredible like we we got down to and using the dynamount to find the perfect point in space where all the sound came together perfectly that that was we got about 90% good in terms of can you tell the difference between a live vocal and one that was bottled and then reamplified through the surrogate so the vocal reamp chain we had another chain that was the dpa 4011 through um a, a very similarly configured speaker which is an amazing speaker called the uh, atc scm 45a mm-hmm. bilaterally symmetrical same driver arrangement and, um, and in fact, we could intermingle these. So I could go Sheps through, through Adam. I could go Sheps through ATC and DPA through, through both those loudspeakers as well. So we got to about, I would say about the 90, 95% mark, but I was like, I can still hear the difference between the live vocal and the one that we're reamplifying. And the way that you would know that is I'm guessing is you put the measurement mic right next, you pick one of the mics you want to try it out on and you put the measurement right next to it and then have the singer sing into it. So you have a version of the singer on the mo- the real mic and then you have a singer on the measurement mic played back through the speaker back into that same real mic. It's as if you were there, Lige. I mean, no, seriously, that like, how do you test, how do you know how close you are? And that's exactly how we did it. We had the, the ex- exact same microphone in both conditions. Yeah. Here's that mic in front of the live vocal. Here's that mic in front of our reamp, our vocal reamp chain. Yeah, yeah. And we did this with a number of different mics that all were kind of of a different family of sound. Um, so that's what brought us up to the 90% mark. And then that's where we're like, please, oh, great scientists of Harmon from on high. So Harmon Laboratories, if you guys don't know, I mean, this is like, this is a research lab with four anechoic chambers. It's in Northridge, California. They've been doing this for decades. They have like written the book literally on so many uh, like acoustic theories and theories put into practice. This is how they they develop products. And so Dr. Sean Olive, Omid Kansarapur, 
and uh, Todd Welty and Dan Pye, they invited us into their world and they totally, they're like, this is a fascinating project. We totally want to do this with you guys. And so they, they, long story short, were able to help us identify what about our chain was different from the live vocal and they were able to neutralize it. They were able to literally analyze the differences in our vocal reamp chain and neutralize it to the point where we could no longer tell the difference between a live vocal and our reamplified vocal. Wow. And did, did it turn out they're like, dudes, all you had to do was flip the phase on it. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost that simple. Oh, only if. I wish. God, Lish, where, where were you? That was That was the answer. That'd be so. You oh, guys man. just needed to get pepperoni pizza, not cheese pizza. It would have been fine. <laughs> so that's uh, pretty wild. So uh, again, like I, I've been, there is an anechoic chamber here in Nashville, and and Mark Rubel took us there once on a class trip, and I got to go check it out too. And it's a real trip. You go in there, and like you have to get in there somehow. But literally, the the foam wedges are above you, around you, underneath you. So you're walking in on like a kind of this chicken wiry cage you walk into. It's really bizarre. Totally. I lived in that chamber for a month. They say it'll freak you out. Sometimes you hear your own blood pumping in your head and it can <laughs> it can make you really nervous. And all the t- tinnitus or tinnitus in your ears. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm totally... That, that doesn't bother me anymore. Right, right. No, I'm I'm totally fine, Liz. Really, there's nothing wrong. So I somehow I got I got used to it. I guess I got my sea legs for, for no sound. Nice. Um, so we were your middle other, sea legs. What's that? Your middle sea legs. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh! Yeah. My Sorry, mind. everybody. <laughs> All four hundred and forty of them. There Am I go. right? Yeah. Okay. So the other huge um, gift from Harmon was the facility in which we could do something that, that had never been done in our industry. So you know, a lot of microphone manufacturers or gear manufacturers will publish certain data and specifications about their gear that are supposed to perhaps lend some credibility. Uh, in the best cases, they they provide more actionable information for, for the user, for the customer. Um, and a common one for microphones is a frequency response graph. How loud is this thing from the lowest lows, you know, 20 hertz to the highest highs, 20 kilohertz? And you've, we've all seen these graphs and the problem is that even within this industry, there is such controversy about how reliable are these things? Do these guys smooth out their response and take away like the anomalies and the little hiccups and the little oopses and this is and that's and the ups and downs? Uh, whereas some, and there's just basically no control. So right. with all good faith, you know, there everybody does it differently. So um fine if you're accurate within your own family of microphones, right. but how do I compare these frequency response graphs, which it turns out is incredibly helpful information to understand how these microphones might perform once I get them in my studio. And as simple as like, how bright is it? How bassy is it? How mid-rangey is it? You know what I mean? You can see that at a glance on a frequency response curve. Um, so what we were able to do because of Harman was have all 250 microphones in the exact same conditions, in the exact same anechoic chamber, hearing the same frequency sweeps and test tones to generate the world's first cross-manufacturer comparable frequency response graphs. That's all wild. standardized. And so it's it's thanks to the guys at Harman that we are able to able to make that possible. Nice. And Rockstars, you can see that when you're on the website and you're using 
the player. Uh, what's the name that you guys have for your? I guess you're you're when you're in the kitchen, you can see the graph <laughs> right. and the frequency response. And it was surprising. I saw. I won't name any names, but I saw some mics in there that when I saw the graph, I was like, well, I thought it was different than that, you know. So it was pretty cool to see it and hear it. Oh, you mean before, uh, like like before you're using Audio Test Kitchen, you were like, yeah, oh, my, th- my mind's ear remembered it being X. But- or I just thought I had heard or understood something oh, about right. a particular microphone, and then I'd see oh. the graph, and I'm like, wow, I didn't know it was doing that right there. Oh, see, that's what I love. Oh, I had heard this about that mic. And see, that is a huge thing, that we how we hope we can help the industry. We hope that we can, and we believe we have successfully, and I'll, I'll qualify that word successful, uh, successfully created a, a resource, uh, uh, which is a frame of reference uh, that we, from which we can all have a common conversation about this gear. Because now, rather than pointing to like, oh, you know, my uncle Jim, you know, let me use his U87 one time, you know, ten years ago, and I remember it sound like this, and oh, but I've got a new one, and I've got an old one, and and you know, like I heard it once on guitar, or like I bought it and I sold it, and like. People are currently trying to have conversations. Um, we want to make those conversations better. We want yeah. to give everyone a common touch point, a common data reference. And I'm talking about audio data. I'm talking about you know frequency response data, whatever that the data that you need to have a, a real conversation about these things. Um, and that's so important. I mean, we talk about that on the podcast. I mentioned recently, you know, the importance of having a a chart during your tracking sessions so everybody can communicate and have the same language. Um, we had uh, Craig Alvin on, and I, and I, as I recall, we were talking about like having a common language across the mix situation, or even just like commonalities in your process to help you arrive at the right results. And it makes perfect sense, you know, around all these microphones. But one thing I'm thinking too is that you're prop. I know you're going to create, I think, like community around this too, to enable the conversation. But I, but I, I think you would agree with me that there's a lot of value in the mushy non-science opinion of it all too. And so uh, I imagine it's going to be cool to be able to mix that where it's like, you've got the the apples to apples, but it's also an opportunity for people to just be like, I just use this all the time and it sounds great. And it always works great for this, you know, that's sort of like not scientific at all, but it's just, you, you inject the human factor. Heck yeah. I mean, all reliable information is super helpful, right? And, and so we just filled in what what before audio test kitchen was a missing information layer. It just like wasn't available. And if you just think about the analogy of like why shouldn't I be able to have a experience of the sound of every audio product online if that's my only access point, um, you know, uh, um, why shouldn't I be able to have a, an experience like that? That didn't exist. Now it does. Um, that should go, you know, different people, Lige need different kinds of proof points to come to the confidence that they need to take away a belief. Now, is it a belief about a a product that is going to turn into a purchase? Is it a belief about like, oh, I, uh, my professor is totally wrong. You know, the U87 is, is not the, you know, end all be all for vocal mics or whatever, or is it, I'm going into my session and I need to know what mic I'm going to set up. Um, we wanted to, you know, different, so different people require different types of evidence, different kinds of proof, being able to listen to the raw audio data on multiple sources and multiple acoustic, we had eight different acoustic environments, um, on multiple different genres of music. That's one component of it. 
And it's Do you guys still, include um, being able to listen to that flat reference mic as well? You know, that's been suggested and we're totally open to doing that. Yeah. Uh, another type of a way to, we, you know, we want to meet people where they are. And one thing I think is really important is to show people, well, great. Well, you know, you've given me a totally clean and pure recording of, of a vocal or a tambourine or a kick drum but what's going to happen at the end of the day? So right. we invited all manufacturers to send us examples of where their microphones exist in the real world. Give us your list of recorded tracks. that are re released tracks out there. So we actually have, it's a work in progress because we have yet to collect the complete data set from all the manufacturers. Um, but so, for example... Um, there's a, a microphone by Audio Technica called the 5040. And you can go on audio test. You will be able to. We already have this particular data that you can click the, the Spotify icon and it'll pull up a list of where the Audio Technica 5040 has been recorded in real tracks in the real world. That's cool. Yeah. And we can discover that Jack Johnson's vocal on the song, I can't remember the title of it, on Spotify right now. That the lead vocal, the, the microphone for his vocal is the AT5040. And on top of that, you can listen to it directly in the audio test kitchen interface in, in real time. So that's that's, that's the that's end cool. game, man. That's cool. that's I mean, fun. I can give you the raw data or I can give you the the you know where the rubber meets the road. And I think that all the conversations we really want to encourage. In fact, we want to encourage people to help each other and and share um share their their learning process. Um, maybe you're like a uh, engineer who really has uh, his or her tool set dialed in in terms of microphones and you might go on to audio test kitchen and say and create a session um, which you can you can create sessions you can log in for free you can create create a free account uh, let's say um, Liz Shaw makes his like his top five vocal microphone sessions so you put those mics in your taste test click the little share button uh, on the right, it copies the URL. You can paste it on Facebook. You can send it in an email and you can invite conversation around something you know to be true. Or you're an up-and-coming singer-songwriter and you're like, hey guys, I went on this awesome resource audio test kitchen for 300 bucks. I found that these were the three mics that sounded good to me. You know, I'm no expert yet, but this is a big deal for me. You know, uh, could so I'm going to share this this taste test, these three mics. Guys, give me feedback. What do you think of, of these three mics? So that's super cool, man. Does that already exist? That's, right yeah, now? that's the share feature. All right, great. So Rockstars, there you go. Um, rsrockstars.com slash FB. That'll take you to our Facebook group. So if you haven't already joined it, please go join it. Make sure you answer the questions on the way in so you get accepted and not rejected as a spam bot. And then... Um, if you have, then you already know what goes on there. And we have Mike Locker Mondays right now where there's a post every Monday where you can share, you know, a favorite mic, a mic you're excited about, something you liked using, and what it's good for. Go grab your, uh, go grab your, your, your taste test um, from Audio Test Kitchen and go share the link in there and let us know on uh, Mike Locker Mondays what you think. That is perfect. I would, I would love to... Um be a part of that conversation and see what people are, are discovering. You know, just make sure you answer the three questions on the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be fantastic, dude. Super cool. Yeah. I love that. Um, I think it would be cool, you know, I mean, if we're going to brainstorm here too, I think it'd be really cool to, you know, have, have a chance, you know, in the future where 
people who are using Audio Test Kitchen can also upload there. Here's here's a vocal I did on that mic soloed that I just love the way it turned out. I think that kind of inspiration is fun for people to be able to check out real world examples too. You know, again, the the mushy human aspect of it, not the super non-scientific. No, and I mean that that's all we're making art, right? And um I, I will totally admit that if I could, you know, if, let's say you were considering 20 mics in a certain price range or across, whatever, you're considering 20 mics. If I had the power to teleport those microphones to you for free and you could literally sing into them all and level match them and like do a totally fair comparison and record them on a bunch of stuff to totally build up your confidence. Yes, is the right mic. S- send them all back for free, except for that one that you chose. I would do that. But that's not very feasible for 99.99% of the world. So we created a virtual way to do that with all real recordings. And so I I think of Audio Test Kitchen as like the the impossible, the physically impossible showroom because it has way more gear than you would ever have access to. It's free. You can can experience it in your own environment that you're comfortable with. Everything's been level matched. So, you know, all variable variables have been removed except for the one that you you care about so um i you know we are i want to give people my email address to to send us ideas um for future future uh types of gears that that they would want to see us uh incorporate and 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 test put in the test kitchen so just email info at audiotestkitchen.com that is our general inbox for ideas and conversations. And also, I invite you to um, do the same if we're talking about getting a conversation going. At this point, go to our Facebook page or do it on Lizia's, uh Recording Studio Rockstar's Facebook page. Let's just let's. I'm totally psyched to get in a conversation with you guys. Um, but our Facebook page is um, facebook.com slash audio test kitchen and um, you know share a taste test ask a, ask a question um, challenge us you know um, like I said I've been talking about this stuff for so I know you must so be long so almost, much just know? like I'm not sure what I've said That's great, you know man. today That's and great. what I haven't so hit me up with with any questions uh, on Facebook on Instagram wherever <laughs> Want to record killer drums in your home studio? Then check out Rockstars of Drums to learn how to record, edit, and mix pro-sounding drums with a professional Nashville session drummer in a Grammy-winning studio. Or if you're ready to start mastering your own records at home, then check out Rockstars of Mastering, where I walk you through exactly how I mastered my own record, Skadoosh, using nothing but plugins in PreSona Studio One. And if mixing is your focus, then check out my free course, Mix Master Bundle, where I show you how to mix using stock and free plugins and Pro Tools. And the best part is these techniques would work for you in whichever DAW you're using right now. Plus, you get a look at how I recorded everything in my studio and multi-track downloads for you to practice mixing and even include in your mixing portfolio if you want. Are you ready to make your best record ever? Then go to Mix Master Bundle to get started for free now or look for the clickable link in the show notes of this episode. You got enough energy to to hit a couple more questions? Hell yeah, you All made right, cool, me an espresso, man. man. Get, Rock says you got to see this guy. This guy is not he's not he's no uh, shrinking violet, uh, you know, especially since we're like close to the same age too. You're going to be around for a while doing this for a while, Alex. Pretty cool. I mean, the thing is, I I just want to have enough energy and stamina and health to um, be there for my kids and yeah. to 
literally, I mean, this is going to sound cheesy, but literally to see this idea of audio test kitchen through, which is, it's 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 truly about empowerment. It's yeah, about totally. empowering our industry with something that they just they should have as a right. Hand off the history of of um, record making to the next generations too. Um, so let me ask you this, man: What is uh, the wrong way to use audio test kitchen? Um, and is is something like listening through a proper audio interface in your studio a good suggestion for when we go start auditioning this stuff? Um, or maybe we should throw away that idea and not be so critical. I don't know. Well, um, complaining about Audio Test Kitchen is the wrong way to use it. I'm, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I, actually, that's a huge, really important part about product development is to take all the criticism in. And we welcome that because I can tell you at every step of the way, whether it came from an engineer, a musician, a manufacturer, a retailer, we you know took a big deep breath and and uh, and a hard swallow and took in that criticism and it made us better, and that's why it took us three years to make Audio Test Kitchen what it is. Yeah. So, uh, um, uh, a wrong way to use Audio Test Kitchen. So you're leading me into a really cool um, thought direction, Liz, which is. Um, you should probably um, listen on a system, whether that's speakers or headphones, that you're super familiar with. Maybe it's your studio, um, just something that you know really well, and just get into a situation where your your ears are fresh enough, and yeah. you can you can um, you know settle in and start making making some comparisons. Um, there will be different uh, levels of urgency depending on what your mission is in using Audio Test Kitchen. If you're about to go into making a purchase, you will definitely want to be in front of some monitors or headphones you can trust, and you'll definitely want to zero in on, on the subtleties. You'll probably want to share it. You might want to share that session with some friends and get a second opinion. That's the cool thing about um, when we're considering making a purchase. It's a golden moment because we're really willing to put in some work of figuring out the answer to this question. Yeah. You know, when we're at that point. Uh, um, you know, uh, it's quite obvious to us that we need to have an audio test kitchen that is mobile capable. Right now it's not. And that was just another, again, it was a deliberate decision. We can't be everything to everyone all at once when we launch. So this is an, an eventuality that we'll have a mobile version. When you say mobile, you mean like we don't have one for our iPhone yet. Right. I mean. yeah. yeah. So it's not not available on smartphones right now. It's just computers and tablets. Um, but Rock says you can go to it on your smartphone and see what it looks like and go put your uh, email in and make sure you get on the, the list to learn more about it and all that stuff. Absolutely. I invite you guys to do that and visit our, our YouTube channel on uh, on your mobile as well. Uh, Audio Test Kitchen has a, a YouTube channel of the same name. And there's some a couple of really informative videos on there. In one minute, you can pretty much uh, see a lot of what we've uh, been talking about here on this podcast today. Well, you get a rapid fire version of it. You can even see a time lapse of hundreds of microphones in front of these different sources just wow. flashing by in an eye. So like the source just stays there in the frame and the microphone just goes like, it, it changes like, I think there are two frames per microphone. So it's it's really fun to watch. That's the trip. Um, and yeah, so I, I also, I would invite you to sign up on our mailing list because um, really it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a benefit for you because that's the only way currently we can tell you about when we release new content. We've only released less than half of the content that we have available for these microphones. And uh, 
a little spoiler alert here. Is it okay if I announce Absolutely, something that yeah, most sure. of the world does not know? Sure, timing yet? timing might be uh, different because this when we record this will be sure. different from when it comes out. But go okay, for so it. doesn't matter. We're, we're time travelers, so um, you rewind, fast forward, and and in any order, it might be interesting for you guys to to know. For recording studio rock stars to be some of the first people to know that. While this is a library of large diaphragm condenser mics, as a reference, we also recorded a 57, a 58. Oh, sweet. And an SM7. So, you know, we wanted to give you guys like common touch points. And um, yeah, I mean, those aren't large diaphragm condensers, but, you know, it's like one of the most, those are some of the most common microphones everybody has. And the SM7 often comes up, I know from my, you know, own experience in the studio and sales background that like oftentimes that's thought of as like the, alternative and the affordable alternative to condenser microphones. Yeah, absolutely. So I just used it, it recently there. and it was an absolute winner. Yeah. And did you did you do that because your voice is your singing voice is quite similar to Anthony Kiedis and Michael Jackson? Well, actually, no, but I did know that Michael Jackson used it because that's when I first learned about the SM7. A producer brought it into a studio and was like, oh, well, we need the we need yeah. this mic for this session. It's the same one that Michael Jackson used. Yeah. Um, but it was actually for a, another singer th- that I was recording um, in the band that I'm making music with. And I just knew I needed something that you could just get right on and not have drums be a thing coming in through, you know, bleeding through the glass into the ISO booth and all that kind of stuff. Hey, if um, we could time travel um, back to, um, if I could uh, in, insert a different, a slightly different answer to a question you asked earlier. Yeah, that's our closing question. Yeah. But, you know, well, go for it. Um, oh, shoot. Now I'm, I'm, I'm spacing about what well, I was going to say. Okay, so this is definitely an edit point. All right, well, well while, you're, <laughs> while you're gathering your thoughts there, um, I will say um, that I do have another question. And this is, this is relative to creating this awesome idea, this product and everything, also having done music and records and stuff. And so the question is, how is creating Audio Test Kitchen and getting the word out about it to everybody similar or different from doing the same thing for a finished record? What, what Does any of that remind you of what it was like to get your music out there? Man, making a product reminds me so much of making records because, of, number one, it's a collaborative experience. And man, uh, I, Alex Oana, did not do this in a vacuum. I mean, we had dozens of people that made this thing possible, as well as like 65 manufacturers all sent us their gear, you know, is is incredible. So that collaborative process, um, pre-production, we worked for, uh, boy, almost two years before we recorded anything. Um, There's... uh, there's technological hurdles. There's things you think you're going to do and then you like go and try to do it and it doesn't quite work out that way. So yeah. you've got to adapt. Um, Let's and, record that song again in this next session. Sure, know? sure. And and yeah, totally. You've got to, you've got to figure out, um, you, you've got to, you've got to be flexible. And um, so th- I would break that down into the, 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 the main, the main process is making the thing. And then, as you said, telling the world about the thing. So the making the thing is uh, is its own process, and then all of a sudden it's launch day and your product is ready, and now and your work just begins. <laughs> and I am man, I'm standing here with the biggest smile on my face because I am so thankful to you, Lish, because you are giving me an opportunity to share the thing that myself and and the whole team of people you know, poured all of our blood, sweat, and tears into to try to make something great for you and everybody who's listening right now. You know, we um, just sincerely 
like we're the same as you. We we just want. I re, I remember what I was going to say now. The the whole point of this is not about finding the best microphone. The whole point of Audio Test Kitchen is to get you more confident about just getting any microphone so that you can get to recording. Yes. That's the end goal. I just want you guys to feel really good about any mic that you're going to choose so that when you have that moment, you're standing in front of it and you're going to sing in front of it, you're going to play in front of it, you have no second guessing, no second thoughts, no doubt that the microphone you chose is going to represent your heart and soul, is going to be worthy of capturing and transmitting your dreams, all your ideas. That's, that is the purpose. So you can make your best record ever, rock stars. It's our mission here. I just, we want to facilitate creativity. So it reminds me of the times where I've tried to buy my next cell phone and you're like comparison shopping, all these things, especially if you're like, should I get an iPhone? Should I get an Android? Should I get this, that, the other thing? You know, you've got choices. I, I remember being struck by how stressful it was. And my takeaway was that the very best thing about um, choosing the one and just buying it was the fact that you no longer had to choose it. <laughs> you know, and it's the same thing. It's like going through this, creating the tools to allow you to choose the right microphone for your studio. The best thing about it is, is what you just said is that once now that you've got it, you don't have to choose it anymore. You can now just like let that be transparent and out of the way so you can just focus on making the music you want to make. You can receive the benefit of the tool. The whole point of the tool is to facilitate your expression. Yeah. So, um, is there anybody in the audio world uh, or like in the product world that has inspired you with things that they've created? Is there anybody that really stands out to you, comes to mind? Uh, maybe a controversial figure in, in our industry, but Stephen Slate really inspired me on a couple of levels. Um, one is to not accept um, defeat, not accept, he would use the term obstacles, and just to push through those obstacles and be a really creative problem solver to drive and drive and drive until you achieve the goal. And I already, that spirit is very much a part of who I am already. That's how I made records. I would always work and work and work until, you know, you know, all nighter after all nighter, if that's what it took to get the sound that was in my head to the best of my ability to capture that. Um, uh, I, you know, really it's the entire industry of audio tool creators from you know Jonathan Little of Little Labs to Ivana Manley to all these people these people yeah. are my rock stars yeah. they're my idols you know they're the icons that when you know when you're there in your studio where whether that's you know in your bedroom or the big fancy place or on your laptop it's the people for me it was the, always the people who made the tools for my self-expression the the people who made it easier for me to tap into the this the, the what I was trying to say with sound, yeah. those are the people that I've always admired the most. So it's the entire these and the people who create the tools in our industry, they're just people with ideas who are passionate about making a thing that is going to make our lives easier and and better. And each one of them makes a slightly different shade of paint and a different texture of, of paintbrush 
And I just have always admired all the passion that these oftentimes, you know, mom and pop, you know, one person in a garage, tool makers have all that they've put in. These people are not getting rich. It's just like all of us making records, working just as hard, struggling against problems and looking for solutions and pulling all-nighters and trying to figure out how to make ends meet, all that stuff. It's it's on all levels. And it's always good to be reminded of that because I think sometimes when you start out, you— as a musician, you're trying to create your music and you're somehow you, you, as a, as a youngster, you can make it an us and them kind of thing. And it's not, it's an all us thing. Like we're all just doing this. We're all just trying to make great music, you know? And the source is, is passion, whether you're making a tool, you're making a record. And it was really that um, reverence and that, that respect for the tool makers that is so part of Audio Test Kitchen's DNA because I first and foremost did not want to let them down. Like I've created a thing that makes it easier than it's ever been before for hundreds, thousands, millions of people to experience, to have an experience of what these products are capable of doing. It's a, it's a level of access that has never been available before. And man, if that's not a huge responsibility to make sure that the way that Audio Test Kitchen is representing these products is true to that product. Yeah. Great, and, man. Um, all right, here's a question. Uh, take it or leave it. But uh, um, what are some things in the audio world that you're kind of hoping, some problems that you're kind of hoping somebody else will solve? I'm really interested in um, in something that would kind of measure, uh, have, have a way of taking me through a process to assess what it is that I like, like spectrally, like lows, mids, highs, you know, dynamic range and, and have a way of going like, you know, like, like you would do a vision test, this or this, this or this. And uh, over the course of this assessment, it would create a profile of like, oh, this is, this is the sort of sound you would like to hear. And then that would turn into a piece of software that I could apply to anything. I could apply that to a mix. I could apply that to a vocal, you know, and and I, in fact, myself, I dream of making these these sorts of tools. And like, it's uh, perhaps a little bit along the lines of some of these plugins that I I don't think I've used them myself. But like the one knob type plugin, mm-hmm. where it's just like more of this effect or less of this effect. But it'd be great if it weren't just a fixed notion of the effect that we're applying. What if that notion? What if this effect, this processing, and this this transformation like of sound? That's right. The Alex we're, one knob. We're attuned to me. The, like the 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 sweet Alex, the, the sweet Lige. You know what I mean? That it's like that's that's a tool that I mean, I may end up making that myself. I don't know. But I've I've been dreaming about this thing um, you know, for pretty much for as long as I've I I why do I want that? Why do I want that? Because I think that um there are times when there's nothing more rewarding than reaching out and I'm looking at a beautiful blackface. Yuri eleven seventy six. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yuri eleven seventy six in in your rack. I don't remember what revision it is though. But that feeling of of touching those knobs and like seeing that needle go down every time you know the vocal or the guitar goes through it, the drum. Sometimes that's the experience I want, and that's record making for me. And other times, and and I am being a vocalist is not my my main occupation, although. 
I have, you know, I have aspirations. You are today. Oh uh, yeah, right. Um, so, Two hours of vocals. Like I would love it if you if we had the Alex Sweet plugin, the Sweet Alex plugin, <laughs> you know, to apply to my voice right now, and it doesn't matter what mic what mic I went into in what room, it would just crank it out. Like, tell yeah. me about it. When I mix the podcast, I'd love to have a plugin like that. Oh man, well, I, I struggled to try and assemble a bunch in a certain order to get something even remotely close. You know. Well, dude, let's let's tweak some sound after we after we uh, hit right, stop we'll, on this. We'll recording. Figure it all out. <laughs> um, groovy man. Let's take you to the closing question. I mean, you you sort of already answered this, but if you want to again, well, I think there was one other thing that I wanted to ask you before we get there, which is organizational. Obviously you've had to learn how to be extremely well-organized to hold on to all these different recordings and sounds and everything. What tips do you have for the rock stars about um, either a method or an online resource or something, or just simply like a process of coming up with your own version of, of um, staying organized? One no-brainer, have multiple backups. So we have two and three backups in different locations uh, in, in the world of, of this incredibly important uh, information that was incredibly uh, expensive, you know, and resource consuming to, to create. And that, that's the same thing that you are currently recording, you know, um, make, make lots of backups. And the other thing I would say, it's a slightly different angle on this answer, but if you don't possess a particular expertise, but that's an expertise that's really needed to accomplish what you want to do, Find someone who can bring that expertise to your project. Like, uh, and and the Audio Test Kitchen. Uh, some of the people that we collaborated with. My co-founder Ian is has a different skill set, and some of the, that skill set is um, uh, organization, or for example, specifically with with um, uh, organizing the Pro Tools sessions. Uh, the the person who was the tip of that spear is um, my good friend and longtime audio collaborator, James Fluff Harley. So, nice. what a great <laughs> name! Fluff is the, the 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 middle name in quotes. So he was Prince's engineer for a long time. We go way back in Minneapolis, and James is just he's the perfect guy to um, be absolutely obsessive about the most minute details about like how can we optimize? We okay? We have to record two hundred fifty microphones. We have to laser align them and we've got to like level align them in this room and we've got four days to do it, you know, and that's just one of the sessions that we did. How can we optimize that process? So he would like create these elaborate Pro Tool sessions that were like, would make it so that you literally only had to do like one click between, you know, changing right, microphones. Right, totally. That becomes super important when it compounds times 250 times, yeah. you know. So I think that the, for me, the moral of the story is if you if you have a sense that there's something that could really help you, we're talking about Bounce Buddy, for example. Get, Bounce Butler. Bounce Butler. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe they should rename it Bounce Buddy. No, I'm just kidding. Bounce Butler is way better. So, um, you know, get the tools that you need to help you. Um, um, invite um, or hire someone who does who has the expertise that you don't. Yes, I think that's great advice, and it's a reminder too when you talk about James's Pro Tools template that um, there is no one template um, and you don't even know what that is until you begin to do that thing repeatedly and then you just simply eliminate all the things that, uh, like um, Stephen said, you eliminate those obstacles and get them out of your way until you're moving along quickly and it's just down to one click and you got your next microphone being recorded. Let me go to the closing question. This is hypothetical. 
Um, again, you kind of answered it before, but but uh, hit it again if you want. We're going to take the Wayback Studio Machine. You're going to go back and find young Alex, and maybe Alex is making records in Minneapolis, um, and you say, look, dude, or maybe I don't think you need to go all the way back to when you were four and crawling behind a speaker because you probably weren't taking much advice at that point. Um, but you go back and find young Alex and you say, look, dude, I know you want to be a rock star of the studio yourself, whether it's making records or making sure that the best records are being made everywhere. What advice would you go back and give yourself if you could? Grab a business card that's blank on one side or cut out a piece of paper that's blank and hand it to yourself and ask yourself, tell yourself, this business card, this piece of paper, gives you permission to do anything you want. What, what would you like to do? And hand it to yourself. And then do that thing. Do you write it down on the card when you, when you know what it is? I, I, it doesn't matter. Maybe, that's maybe that's the thing I wanted to do. Yeah, <laughs> that, I hadn't thought through it. That, and then write it down on the card. Write it down on that blank piece of paper. And that and 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 don't let it just sit over there on the shelf. Identify the first step required to do that. Yeah, it's good advice, man. I remember feeling that way at the beginning. Like I, for me, it was it was being readily a, um, willing to identify myself as an engineer, but say, but then, but not readily willing to identify myself as a producer. I'd sort of make excuses for it. I really kind of like to do more production stuff like that, you know. I like I like your suggestion. Just decide what it is that you really want to do, and and give yourself permission to do it. If I could snap my fingers and transform my life in one way, you can't right snap now, your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> what would it be? And that's what's on the card. Awesome, dude. Thank you so much for being on Recording Studio Rockstars with us, Alex. A total massive pleasure to be hanging out with you. And what a trip, man. What an amazing story about building Audio Test Kitchen and, and just all the struggles you had to go through to do that. Let the Rockstars know one more time, where should they go? Where should they go check it all out and learn more about you? They should start on audiotestkitchen.com and you can learn about some of the behind the scenes process and you can learn how we really took every step to make this a reliable resource for you guys the very top of audiotestkitchen.com, there's a big go button that will launch you right into app.audiotestkitchen.com. Create a free account, sign up for the mailing list so that we can tell you about all the cool additional content and microphones coming your way. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash audiotestkitchen. Check out some of the cool visuals and videos on um, Instagram.com slash Audio Test Kitchen. Hashtag Audio Test Kitchen. YouTube, check out our Audio Test Kitchen uh, uh, page. And let's have a conversation on Microphone Monday. Mike Locker Mondays. Mike Locker Mondays on Recording Studio Rockstars Facebook page. That would awesome. be super rad. Awesome. So Rockstars, if you want to go there again, rsrockstars.com slash FB. And links to this stuff is all going to be in the show notes. So you can check it out. Click right over. Reminder, if you're on mobile, remember, it's not working on mobile for the listening yet, but still go to the go to it right now because you can put your email in and then that way it's going to pop in your inbox later and you're going to be reminded when you're back in the studio. Like, oh yeah, that's right. I wanted to go check that thing out. And then you go, Give it a listen. Dude, what a pleasure hanging out with you. Thank you for being on the show with us. And um, thanks for listening, Rockstars. 
Super big high fives, Lish. Thank you so much, man. Love you, man. Cheers, dude. Thanks so much for listening to Recording Studio Rockstars. If you enjoyed the show and want to help make it better, then please share this episode with your friends on social media and leave a rating and review on iTunes to help the podcast reach more rock stars like yourself. You can click directly over to iTunes or go to rsrockstars.com review for an easy explanation. And remember to hit the subscribe button to keep up with weekly episodes. And if you're ready to make your best record ever now, then head over to Recording Studio Rockstars Academy, where you can start with my free course at mixmasterbundle.com. And if you want more free content from Recording Studio Rockstars, all you have to do is go to rsrockstars.com email. Again, that's rsrockstars.com email to enter your name and email and I'll keep you in the loop with articles, videos, podcast updates and even free gear giveaways for your studio. Just look for the link in the show notes below. Thanks so much for listening and thanks for being a rock star. I'm Lyd Shaw and this is Recording Studio Rockstars. Now, go make great music. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, Rockstars. I also want to give a big thank you to our sponsors who helped make this episode possible. OWC, Whisper Room, Eventide Audio, Spectra 1964, and Roswell Pro Audio. You'll find links to all these wonderful sponsors in our show notes. These are all things that I highly recommend you check out for your studio. They're going to help you make your best record ever. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Cheers.